Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 117 for the 16th of Adar Base in Alipir. So there's something which has been termed the Maharishi effect. It is named after a man who was the founder of something called Transcendental Meditation. And what the Maharishi effect basically is, and this is really fascinating because it's been demonstrated in, from what I can see, at least 15 studies, which were all reputable and all reviewed and everything. And what the Maharishi effect has found that if 1% of a population practices transcendental meditation, which is a particular type of meditation, then then there's strong evidence to suggest that crime is reduced and quality of life is improved. It's pretty amazing. So I don't want to spend too much time focusing on these particular studies. I don't. I haven't looked into them in great detail, to be honest. You're welcome to do some research on your own. But we know that this is something, this is a demonstrable way of a phenomenon which people like to think of as being true and people would hope would be true, like this idea of kind of like our energy, when we give positive energy into the universe, this has a universal kind of cosmic effect, otherwise sometimes known as the butterfly effect. That's another idea, which maybe we'll talk about more another time. So what we're going to be learning about today is that this is a very real idea in Torah and that we are not living in a bubble. And it's more like we can think of that we're living on this collective boat called Earth. And every action that we do has an effect on our not only our immediate surroundings, but on the entirety of the world. And so we've really been getting into this a little bit in the past few episodes about this idea of the profound effects that mitzvahs have not only on our godly souls, but also on our animal souls, also on our physical bodies, on the vitality of our animal souls, and ultimately on the entirety of the vitality of the world. So yesterday we talked about this idea of how, of the necessity of having not just one Jew do the mitzvahs, but really how we really need everybody. We need everybody to be on board to do this. And today we're really going to focus on what happens. What are the ramifications of having all Jewish people keep God's Torah? What what effect will this have on the entirety of the world? So let's get straight into the text. I think the Ultra Rabbi explains this very nicely. So it's uh, we're in, again in chapter 37, in the middle of chapter 37. So here we go. So the Al-Jarabah says that since the, the collective animal soul that is found within the collectivity of Israel will now become a chariot for the holiness of God, then what this causes, so if you remember last time, just pause for a second, we were talking about this idea that when all Jewish people, all Jewish souls keep God's Torah, this causes our souls to become vehicles for 
God, to become chariots for God, just like the souls of the Avos, the forefathers were chariots for God. So when this happens, when all Jewish souls, specifically the animal souls of all, all Jewish people become chariots for God, this causes that the entirety of the vitality of the entire world, this world, which is Klipas Noga, will now go outside of its impurity and its sickness, and it will rise up to Kedusha, to holiness, to become a chariot for God in revealing his glory, and everybody will see his glory, and this will, and he will appear to them in great grandeur. And the altar describes this poetically by bringing in a few citations for this. First of all, from Yeshayahu chapter 40, verse 5, where it says, that all flesh will behold godliness together. Then there's another verse from Bamidbar, chapter 14, verse 21, which says, which means the glory of God will fill the entire world. So this whole idea here basically is saying that in eventually what will happen, and this is really through our actions, when we transform our animal souls, this has an effect on the entirety of the vitality of the world, the entirety of the klipas noga, this, these translucent husks that give life force to the entirety of the world. And everybody will see this. It will be something that is totally visible to the, to the to our physical eyes. Every single person in the world will see this just like it happened when we received the Torah. Which at the, that time, what happened when we received the Torah, this is a verse that explains this, that the altar of it brings from Devarim chapter 4, verse 35. That you showed yourself so that it be known that Hashem is the Lord. There is nothing else beside him. So we had this experience once before at the time of the giving of the Torah. And the altar of it is saying that in the future to come, we're going to have this experience once again. And we're going to see that there's nothing other than God. And through this, then the, the three impure klipos that are totally impure will also become swallowed and subsumed. So remember, we talked about how those three impure klipos, the three impure husks cannot be transformed. So at this time, they will become totally nullified and subsumed. So why? And swallowed up. So why? Because, because now at this time, they're going to be receiving their vitality and suckling from holiness through the klipas noga, which is the intermediary between them. Because so just to break that down, so if you remember, we talked about how there are different types of klipas. There are husks that totally conceal godliness. These are the three impure klipas. And these three impure klipas have no chance of redemption. They cannot be transformed. They totally are very opaque. There's no way for godliness to become revealed through them at all. And then we have something called klipas noga, which is this very interesting type of husk, type of klipa, which is more translucent in nature, which means that while it does conceal godliness in its more natural state, it has the ability to transform and it has the ability to go either way. So it could conceal godliness totally or through our actions, we can actually make it such that it actually reveals godliness. And so these three impure klipos, they receive their vitality from klipas noga. So klipas noga is sort of like the intermediary that causes everything, this life force to go through. So once we got the klipas noga to be on board with holiness by doing God's will and keeping the commandments, and so now it's it's transformed into godliness, into holiness. So now these three impure klipas, they are also receiving their vitality from holiness and godliness. And this is like the antithesis of their nature. So then they fall away. They get swallowed up. They no longer exist. 
So that's the end of this section. So just to bring it back all together. So what this is teaching us is a really, really amazing thing. It's saying basically that when we keep God's Torah, then we've already learned about how this really transforms us and it transforms our souls, our godly souls, our animal souls, our bodies and all that stuff. But not only that, it actually transforms the entire world. And so when we look at these studies like the Maharishi effects, and maybe there are other studies like that as well, I believe there are, this idea of positive thought and everything and, and having our effects, having this effect on our, our actions, our, our little actions within our homes even, like within the little space of who where we live, how this can actually affect the world around us. I think that this is really a small demonstration, a small illustration of this bigger idea, which is what Tanya is teaching us, that this is really a very true thing, that when we keep Torah and mitzvahs, it's not just affecting ourselves in our own little home where we're keeping these mitzvahs, it's actually affecting the entire world because there's a direct channel from our life force that is keeping these mitzvahs to the life force of the entire world. And this life force of the entire world world affects everything, even things that are totally not holy at all. Because when the life force of the world is connected to holiness, then things that are not holy, things that do not reflect God at all, cannot exist. They they cannot they have nothing left to stand on because they that that's where they receive their vitality from. So I hope that was clear to everybody and we're going to continue tomorrow i'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather avraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show please share it with others and subscribe on youtube apple itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to leave us a five-star review to find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.